Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, Sean Clayton. And welcome to Schooled with a Professor. Joining us is Jared Bell from USA Today, who a Hall of Fame voter, friend for so many years. We've been so many games together, big games. Uh, but also, he ended up just doing a book that's absolutely fascinating. And I think when you start to talk about uh, somebody with maybe one of the greatest sports resumes and resumes, period, the book is Reggie Williams, the former 14-year Cincinnati Bengal, Resilience by Nature, Reflections from a Life of Winning and On and Off the Football Field. But what's amazing about this, and we'll get into how you got into this book, I mean, you're talking about a guy that had a long career. He's won the Walter Payton Award. He's been big in the community. He's been in politics and in the city council. He's also been a GM uh, in the World Football League and American Football League and also worked for my old company, Disney, in a real high capacity. Uh, talk about what, what got you to do this book. And really, we thank you for giving us one of the great resumes of a sports person we've ever seen yeah yeah it's pretty amazing john when you think about it and i did not know reggie um at all before doing this book and you know how these things go sometimes um a former editor of mine at usa today has a friend who worked for post hill publishing they were looking for a writer so post hill had a deal with Reggie, and they basically told him, we'll find you a writer to collaborate with, and it led to me. And when um, w- when they asked me about it, I was like, sure, I-, I know Reggie, and I knew a lot of what you said in terms of different markers along the way, but once I got into it, I, I learned a lot about the individual person. And, I mean, this guy had, you know, a hearing defect when he was a child. He goes from... Uh, Flint, Michigan, my home state, to darkness. I mean, and, and he's like probably the greatest player in Ivy League history, right? And then he has this long career with the Bengals and then outside of football. He was a city councilman while he was playing with the Bengals towards the end of his career. So, and, you know, you <laughs> you you can't just be a part-time city councilman, even though it might be in some regards – um, a part-time job, but you still have to go to the meetings. You have to vote. You have to be uh, abreast of the issues. And I mean, this guy is pretty phenomenal. And then on top of all that, the, the way the reason why we called it resilient by nature is because the guy has had like almost thirty surgeries, almost lost his leg, has had tremendous you know health issues, but he's still. Um, going strong now and living in, in Sarasota, Florida. So it was a, a joy to write his book. And he's a fascinating storyteller, great sense of humor, very sharp, um, politically uh, engaged, <laughs> opinionated. So when you talk about somebody that you, you're going to help them tell their story, this guy was pretty special in that regard. I would imagine, particularly with the interviews, I mean, I'm curious to see what was his, uh, you know, how smart, I mean, obviously he went to Dartmouth, so he's really smart. I mean, what were his grades? What was his uh, QB? All the, all the different things, because, I mean, he had to be one of the smartest guys that we've seen in this league. Yeah, because just to get into Dartmouth, they don't have sports scholarships, uh, the Ivy League. And so you have to get in on your, academic credentials and he had a chance to go to the university of michigan on a full ride scholarship and was told by bo schembechler that you won't make the football team here 
<laughs> and so that really, you know, ticked him off a bit. And then he wound up going to Dartmouth so he could uh, play football and wrestle while going to school. But, uh, yeah, he is definitely a sharp guy, um, worldly, had me going to the dictionary multiple times <laughs> when I was transcribing the tape and, and trying to put his words together. So, yeah, all of that. Um, I think what's happened, though, with him, and it, it's just he's had so many different things to deal with um, after leaving because that was the reason why he retired. from The reason he retired from Disney was because of the health challenges. And so these past uh, 10, 15 years, it, it's really been about him trying to keep his body together. And so he hasn't been um, out there with a big, you know, a public persona per se, although he, you know, I, I see him interviewed all the time. And even before um, I, I connected with him on this book project. So he still talks to people and he stays abreast of things going on in the NFL and whatnot. But um, yeah, this, this guy is really especially the Renaissance man in the true <laughs> sense of the word. Well, what I think is so great about this, and the timing of this book couldn't be any better because of Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on there, and now the renew the, the awareness that most people didn't have, and of course, you've known me long enough. I mean, you know, I've grown, I grew up in the worst ghetto in the state of Pennsylvania, so it's like I am so appreciative of Black Lives Matter and everything else because I've watched so much of that, and I've seen some of the great injustices, but to see a guy like this who is always at the top of his game despite the adversity what a great story to bring to everybody yeah i think one of the redeeming messages of this you touched on it john is that you know people come from all walks of life and you know where you start doesn't necessarily um dictate where you finish but how do you get there different people have different types of challenges and i think Everybody, and speaking of books, like Robin Roberts, the, the, the great ABC Good Morning America um, hostess, you know, she wrote a book a few years ago, and I love the title of it. And she said it came from a phrase that her her grandmother used to to um, say repeatedly, and it was "Everybody's got something." And that just has always stuck with me as just being so true, John. You know, all of us, regardless of where we come from, what race, what socioeconomic level we are on, what our profession is. All human beings are dealing with something to one degree or another. Now, for some people, it's even more challenging than to the next, but life isn't perfect. And so I think the thing about this book that, that really hammers that point home is that you have to be resilient and challenging certain elements of life as as things are thrown at you and try to figure a way to make it work. And I think that's the essence of, of Reggie's story when you think about it in its totality. Well, which brings up the idea, what kind of area did he grow up in? He grew up in Flint, Michigan, which, uh, and I went to, went to visit and I saw it. I mean, it's an urban area. I, I would not call it run down, um, but one of the things, it, it, it was a good, you know, a working class um, environment. You know, Flint, Michigan, when he grew up, and to a large degree now, um, I mean, it's an industrial town, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, his father worked in an auto plant, um, and, uh, you know, he and his brothers brought up in that environment. So you, you, you have just being in the big city, those urban problems that are there, those temptations or those, those risks. So it was, it was, it was definitely a, um, a working class environment that he grew up in. And I think actually Flint in the years since then, when you talk about the water crisis is being something that I think we all know about and have heard about with Flint. Um, yeah, the city has really gone through um, some really tough times in the past, you know, a couple three decades because much of the auto industry has bolted from the city. So the employment is nothing like it was when Reggie grew up there in the, in the sixties and the seventies. Um, and so to, to go from there and then go to Dar- and have the grades at, from Flint Southwestern, um, great football player and all of that. And then to, to go to Dartmouth, it just kind of really, you know, helped him become so much more worldly and to, to, to in, you know, increase, increase his knowledge. And he took that a long way. Well, I'll tell you what, of course, I mean, the last time that we were together, it was unfortunately on Zoom, it wasn't live or anything like that, or at least in person, was we were in the contributor uh, voting for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And you know how much I was beaming with the idea that we were able to vote in Bill Nunn, the longtime Steelers scout, who back in 1972, with a 17-year-old kid uh, who uh, is still in high school, (laughs) checked me in for Steelers uh, practice in training camp. And, you know, knowing the stories that we talked about in the room is that here's Bill Nunn. His father started the Pittsburgh Chronicle, which, of course, was the best black newspaper, one of the best. I mean, he was able to, you know, write great stories. He was able to put together, you know, a black all-star team that now became it was so good that they brought him into the Steeler organization. But of course, one of the stories that was there is that both he and his father, you know, took to the standpoint that there's hotels in Pittsburgh would not allow black people in. And so he would get guys, they would come over to their houses and try to take care of them to make sure they had a place to stay. Did Reggie have similar things coming through? Uh, Not, not to that degree. He, he touched on different situations in his book. Um, but this, his, his, the arc of his story basically going from the seventies to the current day. Um, I don't think some of the things that he had to deal with from a racial standpoint were as blatant, but he will tell you, and he has several examples of things that he had to deal with that he, um, definitely interpreted as, you know, racial in nature. And a couple of them, when he, when he went to Disney, for example, he was the first, um, you know, black executive at Walt Disney World. And his legacy there, we've just heard a lot about it and seen a lot about it with the NBA um, having its season in the bubble. Well, Reggie, Reggie Williams created that wide world of sports complex. That was why Disney hired him. And so it's kind of like a, a baby to him. But when he first started at Disney, there were some things there that um, he really felt were culturally insensitive and a couple incidents here or there. So he talks about that in the book. Um, being at, at Dartmouth, uh, one of the stories he tells is how uh, when he first arrived, some of the white players did not want to um, uh, share proximity in the locker room to him, did not want to, to shower, et cetera, with black players. And 
that was a, a, a big awakening. Um, he had a, a police uh, brutality situation in Orlando one time. So I think um, as a black man, I relate to a lot of these things because a lot of times um, these things happen in a day-to-day course of life. And not in not all cases does someone lose their life or, or even someone experience, you know, severe brutality. But things can happen so often in life that are almost accepted by society or um, it, it just kind of, you know, repeatedly, uh, re- repeated insults, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts would be a, an analogy where sometimes there are so many microaggressions, if you, I think that's the best term, that happen during the course of this life in general that it can really um, have an impact on, on your psyche and, and how you, you, you view the world. But again, that's one of those things where you you try to keep everything in context as a as an individual, and it's not always easy because, like I said, some things can be a lot worse for some people than for others. But uh, but Reggie has all one of the things that he told me, and and it's you know woven throughout the book is that when he grew up, his his mother and father were really um, cognizant of the racial climate, and his mother was a Puerto Rican, his father was a black man, and. So they had challenges from from that uh, in that regard, and also even in his family history for the reason why his father wound up in Michigan, moving migrating from the south. It was a big racial incident that that led to that. So growing up, it was always on his radar. It was always part of his consciousness, and his parents um, did things in terms of um, involving them in community events and protests and and you know other educational things that helped shape him and his two brothers by the way as far as their their racial uh, awareness final question is of course this is an endorsement that uh, is affecting out here in seattle you got the forward written by uh, russell wilson i know isn't that something i know and and it was it was great because uh, and i did not know this obviously until i started working with reggie on this and I'd heard about Russell's father and tragically passed away a few years ago. And, uh, Russell has talked about him throughout his career, the impact that he's had of him. So I was always aware. Yeah. Russell lost his father and his father had a great impact on him. What I did not know until I dug into this project was that <laughs> Russell Wilson's father, Harry B as Reggie calls him, um, was a teammate of Reggie's at Dartmouth. And okay. um, they were they were very very close, and Russell was close. Uh, I mean, Reggie is still close to to some of the members in Russell's family. And so when we got to talking about um, who could do the forward, um, you know, Russell Wilson's name popped up, and I said, "Well, let's let's ask him." And Russell could not be more gracious about <laughs> the request. <laughs> and he was like, "Yes, I'm all in." And so, <laughs> That's great. Um, th- so that that was pretty cool. And and Russell has memory. One of the things he said is when he was a kid, you know, maybe four, five, six, seven years old, his dad used to talk about Reggie Williams like Reggie was this 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 greatest guy. And so he just kind of grew up with this tremendous amount of respect for Reggie. Um, ironically and sadly. Um, Russell's father, Harrison, um, had his leg amputated, and that was 
kind of part of what Reggie has had to deal with. He hasn't had his leg amputated. He saved his leg, but has had numerous, at least two or three situations where he thought he might lose his leg. And that was just another way that Reggie and Russell's father connected. And by extension, Russell has also understood what Reggie has had to deal with, with all of his, you know, physical challenges Mm -hmm. just because of what happened with his father. So, so Russell, um, yeah, you know, what a class act he is, not just for writing the forward to this book, but just in general. Oh yeah. Um, and, and how he carries himself. It's just, it's pretty amazing. I'm, I'm saddened when I think that his father hasn't, you know, wasn't here to see how Russell has grown into the person that he is and the professional. I mean, I'm sure he knew it before he left, but to see Russell take it to an even higher level in these, you know, recent years while in the NFL has been pretty amazing, obviously. Hey, briefly, uh, Resilient by Nature is the book. Reggie Williams, how can everybody get it? You can go on Amazon, and it is available on Amazon.com, or if you'd like a signed copy, Get that. Uh, Bookstore One has a website, Bookstore One, and that's Bookstore uh, spelled out uh, and numeral1.com. And um, they're in Sarasota, Florida, and that's kind of the home base for Reggie when it comes mm-hmm. to bookstores. And they've got a bunch of them there, and uh, Reggie will we'll sign it, and, and and I'll sign some, too. So, so if you want an autographed copy, that's the way to get it. Otherwise, you can go to Amazon.com. Resilient by nature. Okay. Jarrett Bell, USA Today, thanks for educating us on Schooled with a Professor. It's great, and congratulations on the book. All right. Thank you, John. I appreciate you um, having me on the podcast, man. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with a Professor.